I have a grandson. I'm only 18. Like, so I told her, I said, I'm not, y'all don't call me grand nothing. Like, because I was, I was young, I, well, I'm, go, I'm about to say I'm going to get into my story. But um, so we just left and visited my son, his wife, and his son, and child on the way in San Antonio, Texas. And, but when I was 17 when my son was born, and I was in jail. Praise God for redemption. That's what I'm going to be speaking about this morning. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Jesus is alive. Amen. <clears throat> when I first met Pastor Kevin, I thought he was a doctor. I was at CWC Christian Worship Center, and he comes up shaking my hand. He got on, like, scrubs and a stethoscope around his neck. I'm like, man, they got doctors walking around. This must be like a crazy Holy Ghost church. This doctor guy, like, he, he is on, on But I guess he was in a play, Jehovah, VBS, Vacation Bible School, Jehovah General, and you a doctor suave, <laughs> doctor white chocolate. <laughs> All right. All right. So praise God. Let's pray. Um, Lord God, we love you. We worship you again. Thank you that Jesus is the light of the world. Thank you, Father God, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus so that we could have eternal life. That we didn't have to wait till we get to heaven to have the God kind of life. But you sent Jesus so that we could have that life and live that life here on earth. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you that we are redeemed for those of us that are in Christ, Father God. And this redemption is available for those who are not in Christ yet, Father God. And I thank you that if there's anybody in here today that has been seeking and have questions, Father God, that they'll receive answers this morning and they'll walk out of this place in a relationship with you. For those of us that are in a relationship with you, I thank you that we're going higher, going from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. So I thank you for revelation. Thank you for utterance. Thank you that we will see things we've never seen before. Maybe see it a way we haven't seen it before. See you in a way we haven't never seen you before. Understand you in a way that we've never understood you before, Father God, so that we could do things we've never done before. And also see ourselves like we've never seen ourselves before in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, I just want to testify. Can we just talk like we're on a couch in the living room? I just like to talk. We go to a lot of churches. You know, I'm in church a lot, and I just, we just like to talk to you, man. It's not something that we put on and take off. It's just real, all right? This is our reality, and um, we thank God for the blood of Jesus. Um, I'm not what you call a church-raised individual. So, again, like I say, y'all are spoiled in here. Y'all have it good. This is great, man. Y'all have great pastors. The Holy Spirit is in this place. Y'all have the word being brought to you. I'm from, like, the extreme opposite. Like, I grew up in Tampa Bay, Florida. Anybody ever been to Florida? I grew up in Clearwater. You ever been to Clearwater Beach and that kind of stuff? I used to ride my bike to Clearwater Beach and uh, grew up right in Clearwater. But where I'm from, <clears throat> it was this street called Greenwood. So this was like, you know, whatever y'all roughest street in your hood. And I don't know if y'all even have hoods here, but you look like you from the hood over there, man. I was, all right. <laughs> What's your street? Whatever street he live on. <laughs> but so my dad owned a nightclub, though. So my dad owned a nightclub and my granddad owned a nightclub, like down right 100 yards from each other. So I was like in the nightlife at like seven years old. My mom was addicted to drugs, crack uh, in my entire childhood. So growing up, my dad was married when I was born, but not to my mom. So in my home, like there was no father figure, drugs had my mom, sin just totally dominating. That was it. At uh, 13, <clears throat> I got, 
I moved over to my grandmother's house because of some abuse issues with my mom. Started selling drugs at an early age. Ended up at age 17 going to a juvenile boot camp for four months of my life. Drill instructors telling me what to do. And I mean, county jail. I was in county jail. I was on probation. I mean, that was just the lifestyle I was living. I was an alcoholic, addicted to drugs. I smoked from sunup to sundown. Like, that was it. I had, I, no one was ministering to me. I didn't even, I had questions, you know, I had questions of, well, am I going to heaven, hell, is God real? But no one was ministering to me. I started rapping professionally in 1996, got my first record deal in 1997, and I was in this group in Clearwater called the Motel Boys. Like, y'all ever heard, like, the trap? Anybody know what the trap is? You ever heard that? Oh, trap, trap music, all of that kind of stuff. But the trap is the place where the drugs were being sold, right? So I was like, that's what we were doing. Like, before it was even popular stuff, we were trapping. And so we were called the motel boys because we would do most of that stuff in the motel. Now, during this time, you know, again, I'm a rebellion, living in rebellion to God, not aware of it. And during this time, I heard the rapper Tupac talking about selling his soul for fast cars and riches. Now, being lost, I didn't even know what your soul was. Now I know that your soul is your mind, will and emotions. I heard the rapper Snoop Dogg on a song called Murder Was The Case talking about how he was talking back and forth to the devil and the devil was telling him, this is his exact words, you know, Proverbs 18, 21 first of all says that death and life is in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof, right? So just like we make bold confessions of faith, declare faith confessions of our hope and faith in God, trust in God, man, the devil works the, the same way. You know, so he even told Jesus, like, if you come down, if you, you bow down and worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world and the power of them, all the glory of them, because it's in the power of my hand to do so. And right in one of his temptations, y'all know that story. So Jesus didn't dispute with him and say, you're lying because, you know, that's a, it's a whole that's a whole nother sermon. You know, Adam and Eve did forfeit their lease on earth, so to speak. And but Jesus bucked on them. Jesus said, no, it is written that you should worship the Lord your God. Him only should you worship Satan. Get behind me. And Satan got to stepping. Right. So one night I was in my home studio and I was with this group of dudes for like three years straight of my life. And on songs that I was rapping on with them, I heard them saying that they were selling their souls. I didn't know they were in the occult. Now, what occult means is secret or hidden. Like, just like we publicly should be publicly, you know, declaring our faith in God. You got people that are publicly declaring their, their allegiance to Satan. And so these people were doing the same thing. People do it today. We just don't really hear it because it's subliminal. But, man, this, these dudes were saying that they were selling their souls for fast cars and riches, just like Snoop Dogg said, just like Tupac said. And then I got approached by demonic spirits one night speaking through my friends telling me in order for me to take my career to the next level in darkness I would have to bow down and worship Satan and he would give me whatever I want now I'm in, now keep in mind I haven't been in a church yet I'm sitting here in my home studio we have beats playing you know all my friends around and devils begin to speak through my friends telling me this stuff so I'm like man I was like first of all I'm, I'm scared I'm like if this is real if Satan is real, because I had been to church, like if you're from the hood, uh, like you go to church on Easter, like I don't care if your mama on drugs or whatever, she going to have you in church on Easter with your Easter basket and your little like eight piece suit on. Like I, <laughs> like, I remember I got the pictures and like, <laughs> so I so I heard a little bit about Jesus. Right. 
And so I knew if this was real, I knew if that if Jesus was real, I mean, I mean, I knew if Satan was real, Jesus had to be real. So what I began to do, hadn't been to a church yet, I started to apologize to God for the lifestyle I was living. Had a pad, got my pad out, beats playing in the background, and I just knew I just had to verbally start saying this stuff. And so I would write all these people around me, and I just start apologizing to God. Every time I would do it, a person would get up and leave my house. This is a true story. Like I, I even had my mom like testify like on a podcast one time. Like I, like I, I got up after all those people left. I had a little sawed-off shotgun that I used to sleep with up under my mattress, and I was gonna go commit suicide at the Clearwater Causeway. If you ever been to Tampa, you know like where the airport's at, that that bridge that connects like the airport to Clearwater. Like I was gonna go to the Clearwater Causeway and commit suicide because I didn't know what else to do. But I heard a voice. And to this day, I believe that this was an angel. The voice said, go to your mom's house, which would have been the last place I would have went because my mom wasn't like on fire, serving God, on fire for Jesus. But when I came in and she, I was sitting on the couch and I had the gun up under the couch pillow and she saw the barrel sticking out. She's like, what you doing with that gun in my house? And I started to tell her what was going on. She said, boy, you better pray. She went and got that big family Bible. Any of y'all got that big family Bible? The big one. Like, I mean, it's like, like you open it, it seemed like light should shoot out of it or something. Like, and it got a big old, like the longest tassel ever. Like, you got to like, like, <laughs> like the, some of the pages laminated. Like, the red words got red lamination on it. You know, like, y'all seen that Bible. It, it, it got all your, like, obituaries and social security cards. <laughs> if you're looking for it, that's where it's at. It's in the family Bible. And uh, she went and got that Bible, and it was open to the 23rd Psalm. I got it, went in the room. All I saw was, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I just wholeheartedly, really just asked Jesus to save me right there on the spot. Right on the spot. Right on the spot, I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Devils came up out of me screaming while I was wide awake that were oppressing me. That's like this real, like, like real stuff came out of me, that were oppressing me, came out of me screaming. Um, I was completely delivered from drug addiction and alcoholism right on the spot. Like, I'm talking about, like, everyday stuff. I even had, like, I had, like, a whole bunch of drugs and stuff in my pocket, and I went and flushed it down the toilet. My mom, I told my mom, I said, Mama, I got saved. She's like, that's good. She's like, come, come, have, come drink with me. I was like, okay, right, let's go have a drink. She, she pulled out the drink, gave it to me. I tried to drink it. It was nasty to me. I went to the sink, poured it down the sink, and started serving Jesus with my entire whole heart. As far as music was concerned, though, like, everything I was listening to, I just thought all rap music was of the devil. Y'all ever saw, like, Waterboy? Yeah. <laughs> like, Bobby Boucher! That foosball is up. Like, I thought all rap music was of the because everything I was listening to was demonic. Like everything was degrading women. Everything was, you know, let's go party and all of this stuff and make it rain and all that. That's, that was everything. But then as I began to seek God, Jesus started to reveal himself to me through the word. He started showing me who he really is outside of like religious tradition or what, you know what I mean? Like out of uh, that kind of stuff, he started to not only reveal himself to me, but he started to show me who I am in Christ. He started to show me that, like, what it meant really to be in grab, what it meant to be a Christ in Christ at one, a, a real Christian. He started showing me that it didn't matter, 
like what happened in my family history. It didn't matter like what my mom did or if my dad was in the house. He started showing me that I had the victory. He started, and, and so what I so what I started doing was like really living for the Lord. I had never seen nobody serving God in my hood ever. Nobody. I started. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I mean, I caught on fire. I started. I started hearing voice, a voice, not voices, a voice. I started hearing the voice of God in my heart. And then so I would come talk to my mom, and and I, first of all, I broke my lease with my roommate. My roommate at that time was one of the biggest dope dealers in the neighborhood, and within 24 hours, I was out. I said, man, I cannot, I cannot be in this environment anymore. Y'all just going to be smoking weed all day. Y'all just going to be doing all this stuff. They was like, no, you can still come, come over here and chill. I said, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm breaking this lease. I took my sawed-off shotgun. You know how the sawed-off shotgun broke, a, broke apart in like three pieces. Some of y'all, look, she know you got a shotgun on you, don't you? She like, <laughs> yeah, I know where we at. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but <laughs> so, so I broke the sawed-off shotgun up, and, and, and I watched the, the trash people take it off that week. Man, I, I, ro I ro rode around looking in the review. I thought, because my house was on Fed Watch, I had friends going to federal prison all the time and that kind of stuff. So I just, man, I just knew the devil was out to get me. But then the Lord started revealing himself to me and started putting me out to get the devil. You know what I mean by that? He started showing me the victory that we have in Christ. So this, I, wanna, I want to look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 real quick. He can pull it up. Anybody know this scripture? He started showing me that I was united to the Lord. That regardless of what had went on in, in the past, I was free from it. That I was born again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, now this is my favorite word in the scripture right here. Behold. Because what does it mean? It means to see. He, this is something that he... That, that the Lord had to show me that regardless of what you've done in the past, regardless of what your mama and them did, your daddy and them did, the jail time, any of that stuff, look at this. Behold, see this. All things are become new. Let's go to the next verse real quick. And all things are of God. So he started showing me, you know, sometimes we say terms like, you know, like born again, I'm saved, I'm a new creature, but some people just don't know what that means. Well, what does it mean? It means that now I have been born of God. Just like she's holding that little baby right there, I became a little baby. That means that I had a, a new DNA, so to speak, a new genetic line. There was victory running, there's victory in this blood. And he says, all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Man, so that means I was not with God. He had to bring me back into a relationship with him in Christ. And I just became a new creature. So what I started to do, I, I, I sat down for eight months. I didn't make music. I started trying to write a little bit, but I had like cuss words and they were trying to praise the Lord. I was like, man, I need to ball this. <laughs> I started getting convicted. I was throwing it up ball. I had like a corner full of like balled up paper. And, if, and eventually like they, were, they just disappeared, those, those cuss words. Eight months. <laughs> so, so if any of y'all been processing, you know, God will take that cuss out of you and get that word in you. Yeah. Amen. 
So it's okay. You are not alone. Been there, done that. But praise God, we go from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yep, she got the salt off and the cuss words. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just joking. So I started seeking, I started serving the Lord. And man, he's, and I, I started walking around. I went into the studio eight months later, got a legal job. I found out about the tithe, tithing and offering. So I'm like a lifetime tither when it comes to my walk with the Lord. And I'm telling you, man, God is faithful. So I got a legal job, and out of my paycheck, I started going into a studio, and I made my first album under the name Minister. I didn't even say this. First of all, my name used to be Sinister. It was S-Y-N-I-S-T-A. So that's where the name come from. It's M-Y-N-I-S-T-A, but it actually was S-Y-N-I-S-T-A. So as I began to seek the Lord, he just, I was like, God, I'm through with music. I'm not doing this no more. It's not the devil. And he's like, no, you, you just go for me. He said, you get in the word. And he said, what you hear me speak, I want you just to echo in the earth from the rooftop. What you hear me speak. And I was like, okay. And you change that S into an M and you go for me. I started going for the Lord. I got a boom box, put it on my shoulder, got 100 CDs pressed up and started going around the same neighborhood that I used to sell drugs in that I used to, you know, get jumped in and jump people in and that kind of stuff. Man, I started knocking on doors, going from door to door. One of the first things the Lord told me, he said, hey, uh, you know your friend so-and-so, Reuben. I had this homeboy I grew up with, went to high school with. He was like, I want you to go to his house. Like, I had, I'm, I'm like just full. I'm just, just spending time with the Lord. I'm hearing from the Lord. Like Paul, you know, like Paul was hearing from the Lord. And he was like, you go to his house. He's going to be in ministry with you. You knock on his door and you tell, this is like a week or two in Christ. I'm, I'm a baby. I'm hearing from the Lord. He said, you go knock on this door and, you, and you, you tell him about me. Man, I went to Reuben's house. He wasn't serving the Lord. We went to high school together, partying and all that stuff. I'm talking about he got saved right there on his doorstep. In our hood, like this was like, this is like radical stuff. Like we never seen nobody do this. Like all we saw was people fighting and, and doing crack. That was it. So Reuben got saved. And then we started, man, we started tearing Florida up, just going door to just just going sit everywhere we could, just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people ask me, well, how did you get started? And they think it's like some kind of like industry stuff. No, man. Great commission. I just started going into the world, preaching the gospel to whosoever, wheresoever. And people started getting saved. People started getting healed, set free and delivered, man. And then God just started sending. And that's 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 how I got here today. I just want to share that with y'all. So no matter where you're from, no matter what you've come out of, maybe that's not even your story. Maybe your story is not even close, close to that. Maybe you, you had a, you, both parents in the home, um, you know, dad cutting the yard and giving your mom a kiss every morning, scrambling her eggs and with a rose on the tray, giving her breakfast in bed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But you know what? We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Because we actually all have the same story. Y'all know that? Let's go to uh, Ephesians 2. Let's go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 10. Somebody say amen. amen. Say Jesus is, Lord. Jesus is Lord. All right. I like to hear you. I like to hear you. Amen. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you, say you. you. Say that's me. That's me. Hath he quickened. Say I've been quickened. That word quickened means made alive. You know, when I used to read the scripture that say the word of God is quick and powerful, I just thought, man, that's a fast sword, boy. Like, it's quick. You know what I mean? Like, no, it means it's, it's living. <laughs> and you have to be quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye, say that was me, that's me, 
Let's say that was me. In time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. So that's Satan, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we, say we, all had our conversation, our conversation. Now, that word conversation is in the Greek, it's an astrophe. So it's like, it's actually like your behavior. We all had our behavior, which includes our, the way we talk in this world, according to the course of the enemy, according to the way the world flows. And so we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature. Say we. We're by nature. The children of wrath, even as others. So that puts us all on the same level. 100%. Every one of us, no matter if you're from, from Wall Street or uh, 7th Avenue. That's what I grew up on, 7th Avenue. If you're from Wall Street, 7th Avenue, same story. Same gory story. No matter if you ever held a pistol, shotgun, stuck a needle in your arm. We all had one needle stuck in our arm called sin. Every one of us. So there's no boasting on our economic status our, our DNA in the natural, our father with my daddy, man, your daddy was Adam, just like my daddy was Adam, right? Your daddy wasn't no good, just like my daddy wasn't. Uh, we not going to go there for, I'm sorry, Adam. Sorry, Adam. I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Your daddy messed up for all of us, just like we all got the same daddy. Really Satan. We all walked according to the course of this world. All right, so we fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, whoo, say, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy. That means he's abundant in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we, we, we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. Man, like this is like one of my favorite scriptures ever. This, this whole Ephesians 2 is my favorite chapter, like one of my favorite chapters in the Bible ever because it just gives such a clear picture of redemption. He hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. So we're about to celebrate Easter, right? And most people, for the most part, most Christians will be like, go Jesus, he is risen, which is good. That's great. But when I read this, in Ephesians 2, 5, it says that we were dead in sins and that the Lord has quickened us together with Christ. So now when I celebrate Easter, my, my, my celebration chant is we are risen because that's what it's all about. It wasn't just some show of divinity where God had to come, you know, actually die in a body and raise again so we can be like he is risen. He came so that we could rise so that we could be quickened and rise up from death's domain. Everything that sin, everything that came in with sin, Jesus rose up victorious from it. There are no chains on him at all. That he's not sick, he's not poor, he's not, he doesn't have a victim mentality. I mean, he ain't like, you know, he ain't like Darth Vader. You know what I mean? Like Darth Vader shiny on the outside, but on the inside he burn up. <laughs> Any Star Wars fans here? Like, like that's how I like when watching movies. I'm thinking like this, like, like Darth Vader. You know, he looked real regal and stuff, man. But you burnt. You ain't got no victory. 
But Jesus, he rose up victorious inside and out. He is. He has the victory. But he just didn't leave it restricted to him walking in it. He raised up so that we could rise up in that same victory. And now we're shiny. We're free. We're free from everything. <laughs> Woo, man, I mean, I, man, this just make me hallelujah. We are free. So that means... <laughs> So that means that so that's that's what it means to be born again. We have been born again into the victory, raised up with Christ. So right now, God wants you to have this perspective. He wants you to see yourself. Behold, all things have become new and shiny. You are blinging. You got the blingage on you, man. I mean, like all things have become new. So now you have to see it. Regardless of what you saw in the past, regardless of what other people saw, and regardless even now of what you see in the natural, God wants you to put on your spiritual eyes and see yourself in Christ. He wants you to see you raised up. Regardless, it's not according to feeling. It's not according to natural circumstances. Because this is, this is truth. This truth will override any fact that you see at the present time. So what do we do? Well, Philemon 6 says that what makes our faith effective is us acknowledging these good things that we now have in Christ and this good thing that we actually are now in Christ. You are something good in Christ. Man, the new creature ain't no dirty, burnt creature. All, the, all things that become new. So now what are you going to say about it? Say, by grace, I've been saved. Woo, and it's, this, this, is, this, is glory. this is what glorifies the Lord. You've been born of God. You've been born of God. That means you are royalty. You are, you are privileged. You know, they think people think like the, uh, some of these reality stars. I can't even say, how you say them people last name? Kardashian or something. They think they're privileged. Man, that ain't nothing compared to this. That's nothing. That's temporal. This is eternal. Verse 6 says, he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, so verse 6 is pointing to us together. Not only have we been raised up with Christ, but we've been raised up together. That means that, you know, me and my, me and my wife, you know, of course, you know, I, I like to tease. I like to mess around and say, yes, yeah, she just got out of prison. I grew up in the suburbs, you know, but, but, I, but come on, baby, come on. So, but obviously, there's some, there's some difference in the, in the natural here, right? A little bit, you know. She from Africa and... <laughs> No, but, but you know what? But now we've been raised up together in Christ. So outside of color, there's no barriers here. There's no, there's no difference. We not, in our marriage, we've been made one. We've been made one together. But also, even before I knew her, when she was, when she's a believer, I'm a believer, we've been made one in Christ. That means that every believer in this place, regardless of our age, regardless of our cultural background, ethnicity, uh, your color, whatever, We've been made, we've been raised up together in Christ. We are one. This will put an end to a whole bunch of racist, racism type stuff. Like, you know, black church, white church, green church. Like, I tell people all the time, I do not identify with you according to the color of your skin. Just because you black, you ain't my brother. I don't know you. <laughs> my brother, what did Jesus say? They say, hey man, they say your brother and your sister out here looking for you. He looked around, he's like, like who is my brother and my sisters and my mother I'm gonna tell you who they are 
And he said, those that do the will and the work of the Father, that's my brother, that's my sister. And so not only should we have a perspective of ourselves in Christ, we know who we are, we know that we can do what God says we can do, we have what God says we have. I mean, we, we, we can do what the Lord says we can do. I'm a new creature. But also, you know, let me, what's, a, what's a good uh, African-American male name? My name Michael, that ain't no good one. Like, What's your name, Tyrone? <laughs> what, what'd you say? Jamal. I don't know, any of my white brothers in here, your name Jamal. All right. So even if it's Jamal, I'm not, give me a white, give me a good white one. Give me a good Caucasian. John. Tom. Yeah, I don't think I know any black people named Tom. So, all right. So, so whether you're Tom or Jamal, that person in Christ is a new, new creature. There might have been some tension before they got saved. It might have been some crazy stuff running in their blood. But now God wants you to behold them just like you behold yourself. And if we can see each other, and, and sometimes it's not even a race thing. Sometimes it's like, man, I mean, where I'm from, there was gang banging, uh, uh, click banging, because we didn't really have gangs, but people would gang up on each other just because one lived on 33rd Street and one lived on 34th Street. But now in Christ, the block, so to speak, has, has come down. And we've all been made one. Really, there's, God only saw two people, two people groups in the earth. He saw Jew and Gentile. Right? He saw Jew and Gentile. And so Paul, in the, his epistles, he always talks about how the two have become one man in Christ. So now in Christ, we've all been unified together with Christ and with each other. Now we have this, now it's our responsibility to see others just like God sees them. That's one of my biggest prayers. I'm like, Lord God, I just want to see these people just like you see them. Even if they're hating on me, even if they don't like me, let me look at them and say, that's somebody for Jesus died for that person. And Lord, give, let, me see, let me see what you have for them. The word actually says, can we go to, um, well, I ain't, ain't going to look for it. I should have found it earlier. But let's go to verse, in Ephesians 2. One, let's go back to pull back six back up there. You got it up there? Let's go to six. All right. There we go. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Some of your biggest blessings through people are not going to come through people that look like you. God has designed it that way. Because he, he desires for us to behold people in the spirit realm. We've been seated together in heavenly places with Christ. There's some people that you're going to have to salute up to that might be a whole different race than you are. There's some people on the out that you're going to have to honor that God has designed that some things come through them to bless your life. And they don't look like you. They might not wear a tie like you like to wear a tie. Or they might not have... Earrings like you have earrings. Uh, some of y'all might have a grill in your mouth or something. Like, they might not have all of that. <laughs> they, they might not dress like, you know, they might not wear the same kind of shoes. But I tell you what, if you could see in the spirit, if you could see how God sees had, where he has set them at in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, there's great reward as you honor that, at that person. As you honor Jesus in that person, oh, it'll, you'll be rewarded greatly. But we have to see like God sees, Amen. Verse 7 says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace ye are saved through faith, 
and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's no boasting, nobody can be proud of, of their, you know, heritage. Matter of fact, me and Steph, when we got married, the persecution, so to speak, didn't come from her side of the family. Like some, my grandma would always be like, like on the, on the edge. She's like, how they treating you, baby? They treating you good? I'm like, okay. Yeah, they treat me good, grandma, all is well, you know? But I had an aunt one time, my auntie, man, she was like, like, boy, why, why you married that white girl? Just, just racist, just racist, just racist. It didn't come from where people would think. So it's on both sides of the, on all sides of the fence. People are racist no matter what, what color. I'm not with the black power stuff or the white power stuff. I'm with the Christ power stuff, the Christ power stuff. We are in Christed. We are one. We are unified. And if we can get this mentality, oh, my goodness, things will change. Now, I expect the world to act how they're going to act. So we're talking about the church here, like the world, you know, the, the racism going to be there. There is division. But why? Because they are still outside without Christ. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we shall walk in them. So we need to have a united perspective of ourselves and, the, uh, and of each other. We includes all of us. We were all dead in sin. There's no boasting involved. Every 100% of us. You know, Wall Street, my idea of evangelism and outreach is not what some people would think. You know, let's go give backpacks to the snotty-nosed kids in the hood. That's our outreach evangelism. Man, we need outreach on Wall Street because of this. Because sin has sin is no respect to a person's. Just like God is no respect of persons, we just really need to, man, wherever you are at in your occupation, if you're on the police force, if you're a teacher in this place, if you, whatever you do, there's somebody around you who needs this message of reconciliation, that we've been reconciled to Christ because just like me from the hood or anybody else, like that person was born in sin just like the rest of us. So we have to have that, that perspective, that in Christ perspective, so that we can really reach out to this world. When Jesus said, go into the highways and the byways and into the streets, he just wasn't talking about the hood. He didn't even have that kind of hood. I mean, he had, they had slums and that kind of stuff, but he didn't have like gangbanging and stuff. You know, like Jesus went to the streets, you know, where they have, you know, blood and crypt. No, <laughs> no, no. Blood and crypt wasn't trying to kill him. It was Pharisees, they were religious people. You know, that was a whole different kind of gangbanging. So, so, so if we say that we love, also if we say we love people without, we definitely should love people within. You know what I mean by that? What scriptures say, say, uh, say, you know, how can we love, say we love somebody, how can we say we love God when we don't love those around us? Well, how about this in the church? How are we going to say that we love people without and we want to see people set free and delivered? See souls come into the kingdom and we're not loving each other in here because of skin color, you know, or, or because of political preference. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, boy, hey, I got Casper on him on Facebook when it came to that kind of stuff. I wasn't about to talk about that stuff, man. I love you too much to get in a tongue wrestle with you about who you're going to vote for. I love you. I don't want to shut you off from hearing what I really should be saying to you. <laughs>